0: Hi! Thanks for tuning in to Tale Science, where we explore the physics in children's stories and take a look at the friction in fiction. I'm Kevin, your host and primary researcher. Joining me is our storyteller and our co-host, Kay.
1: Hi there! We love reading to our kids, but a lot of these stories are scientifically dubious at best. So follow along as we break down our childhood misconceptions about the world around us and have a fun look at what would happen if these stories took place in our universe. For today's tale, we're climbing the beanstalk of curiosity to get a good look at the magical kingdom in the clouds with Jack and the beanstalk. For those of you who need a refresher, the hero of Jack and the beanstalk is Jack. His mother tells him to sell their cow at the market, and on his way he meets a con man who trades his cow Bessie for three magical beans. When Jack returns with the spoils, his mother is less than amused and tosses the beans out the window. Jack goes to bed without supper, but in the night the house shakes, and the beans sprout and grow high into the sky, as high as you can see. Jack climbs the beanstalk and finds a giant's home. Inside there are valuables, like a bag of gold coins, a goose which lays a golden egg, a magic harp which plays by itself. That's not weird. Of course, upon seeing these treasures, he steals them. While fleeing the scene of the crime, he is chased by the giant. But not to worry, he reaches the ground, chops down the beanstalk, which tumbles harmlessly to the ground. The giant, however, falls to his death. Okay, Kevin, where are we starting with this one?
0: So, I really don't want to go into the physiology of goose laying golden eggs. That... It's disturbing. Thank you. (laughs) That said, I'm interested in this vine.
1: Oh, that's a good place to start. And I think I know where you're going with this. We just started a garden, and I can attest that vines do not grow vertically on their own.
0: Exactly. The structure of a vine isn't particularly strong. Even three braided together wouldn't support their own weight. So unless there's also scaffolding reaching to the clouds, this just isn't going to work. Instead, I propose the seeds weren't vine seeds, they were instead the seeds of the Babinga tree.
1: The Babinga
0: tree. Yep, the Babinga tree. And I picked that one mainly because it's fun to say. The Babinga tree is a deciduous tree which grows in Africa. There isn't anything unique about the, its growth patterns or its height, but what is unique is its strength and density. The Babinga tree is among the hardest trees in the world. In order to grow, a tree needs to be able to support its own weight. Obviously, the taller it is, the stronger it needs to be, so this will give us our best shot.
1: So why don't we see trees that are thousands of meters tall?
0: No one knows. There's actually a couple of theories about this, but it's really up in the air. One thought is that a tree's cells can only divide so many times, just like ours. So as a tree gets older, it just can't keep growing. Another theory has to do with how a tree moves water from the ground all the way up to the leaves. Uh, eventually the fight of pressure versus gravity would mean that the leaves and branches at the top of the tree just can't get any more water.
1: So we're ignoring that fact for this. This is scientific deep dive into the story.
0: Yep. Magical, fast-growing babinga tree with mechanical water pumps. Now all we need to know is how tall the tree needs to be. And we know the giant's castle is in the clouds. A typical cumulus cloud starts at about one kilometer above sea level.
1: Wait, that's just like here to Home Depot.
0: Yeah, it's not far, eh? No. So these clouds, I mean, they can tower all the way up to 12 kilometers. So we've got a bit of range here. But let's just say the Giant's Castle is just above the clouds. So the tree only needs to be a kilometer high. It's still incredibly tall. And there's a couple of concerns around this. A, the weight of the tree climbing a kilometer into the sky. B, the air quality for Jack as he climbs this tree and C, the strength of the tree itself. For simplicity's sake, we're going to assume that the bubinga tree grows straight up with consistent density, and it only covers about one square meter footprint. It's already sucking massive quantities of water out of the planet, so let's just go with it. The bubinga has a mass of about 890 kilograms per cubic meter, which means every 10 meters we go up, the tree puts on an extra 8.9 tons of mass. It's very heavy, but it needs to be in order to support itself. In all, a one-kilometer tree would weigh in at 890 tons. That's about the weight of all of the plastic water bottles sold worldwide every hour and a half.
1: Whoa. Okay, so the lesson here is everybody switch to reusable bottles. Please, yes. ASAP. ASAP. <laughs> So we've got a super heavy tree growing up to the clouds, and Jack goes, hey, I should climb that, and sets two. How high can he go before he runs into trouble with thinning air?
0: He's actually okay on this one. Really? Yeah. So the death zone, that's the area where the air becomes too thin to breathe, is about eight kilometers.
1: Okay, whoever's in charge of naming these (laughs) zones needs to stop. That is, I don't like that
0: one. It was a rock climber doing Everest. There, there's no more apt name that a rock climber would ever come up with. Man, it's the death zone. Like, <laughs> Anyway, I digress and apologize to any rock climbers listening. So most of the deaths on Everest have been in this this area, that eight kilometer plus range.
1: What about something just like soften it a little bit like um, danger zone? <laughs> that one sounds good. Yeah. Or like just like no-go zone. Okay, I'm going to brainstorm on this.
0: Jack is way below the line anyway, so there's no problem. We're good to go.
1: Okay, good, because I was expecting it to end poorly for Jack at this point in the story, so I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, So you said we had to worry about the strength of the tree as well, not just the height.
0: Right. The tree not only needs to be strong enough to support its impressive height, it also needs to withstand the torque applied as the earth spins. So we have a compression strength pushing down on the tree from gravity and tensile strength trying to snap it in half from its rotational forces. Fortunately, there's information on these strengths readily across the interwebs. Woodworkers need to know things like compression and tensile strength so they can pick the appropriate lumber for their projects. A bubinga tree with a one square meter footprint would have a tensile strength of 154 million pascals. That's... um. That's a lot. That means that the tree could be over 17.5 kilometers tall before it would snap from the torque of the planet spinning. Obviously, wind resistance would play a factor as well, but we are so far beyond our tolerance level, I think we're okay. This tree could be tall enough to reach the clouds. But that poses another problem. Uh Uh-oh, what's wrong now? Well, in order for the tree to be strong enough that it doesn't snap, it needs to be incredibly hard. Hardness of wood is determined by the Jenka test, which measures how much force is required to push an eleven point two eight millimeter steel ball bearing halfway into the side of the wood.
1: Eleven point two eight millimeters. Yes. That's oddly specific.
0: Um Yeah, it's just the size of the ball bearing that Mr. Jenka had on hand when he invented the test.
1: That seems super arbitrary for science.
0: Right you are Kay. That said, for pine, it's about one thousand seven hundred newtons of force.
1: Oh, we're just we're just moving on. We're not gonna
0: the babinga tree oh, geez, okay. requires nine thousand newtons just to dent just to put a dent in the side of it.
1: So, how much force can Jack apply with
0: an axe? Well, let's take a look at a professional baseball player using average MLB pitch speeds and a velocity of the ball leaving the bat. A batter can apply at most three thousand four hundred newtons of force. That's over a third of what we need, but even at that level, when Jack races down with all of his loot and tries to cut down a one kilometer tall, 890 ton tree, each blow of his axe practically bounces off, causing minimal damage. No matter how sharp his axe is, he is not getting through that trunk.
1: So the giant descends the tree without issue, and?
0: Presumably reclaims his property and boils Jack into a jam for his morning toast.
1: Oh no, this fairy tale got dark. Okay, well, darker than it already was, which was a family living in poverty selling their belongings to eat. Maybe I can add a little happy to this scientifically accurate tale. Let's see. Um, okay. Once upon a time, a long time ago, there was a little boy who was learning how to garden from his mom. He was struggling to get his garden to grow, so he went onto Kickstarter and backed a special fertilizer guaranteeing results. Instead of putting it in the garden, he tripped and inadvertently fertilized his babinga tree instead. The tree grew and grew until it touched the clouds. Curious, Jack climbed up where he met the giant and the goose who lays the golden eggs. Now, instead of stealing the goose, Jack remembers his manners and asks the giant to borrow his magic axe. Oh, right. I should probably have mentioned earlier, the giant has a magic axe and he gives it to Jack. Jack climbs down the babinga tree, chops it down, and sells the wood to make luxury, live-edged tables. And he and his mother live happily ever after. Perfect. Thank you. If you're a fan of books about garden, growth, and adventure, I strongly recommend that you read the Governor General Award-winning children's book Tokyo Digs a Garden, written by the very talented John Eric Lopano. Once you've read that, Join us this season as we take a deeper dive into the physics behind some of the most famous fairy tales. What's really going on with Rapunzel's hair? What happened to the cow that jumped over the moon? And what would happen if a dragon flew around the world in five seconds like in the paper bag princess?
0: Thanks for listening. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Science Podcast. And remember, if you want to see the math from this episode, you can head over to FairytaleScience.ca. Check back with us for another story beyond the clouds. We're going to the moon with Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to explore. What would happen if the moon were made of cheese?
1: Mmm, delicious. Can't wait.